Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already and do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show Rupert Abbott, Executive Director of Give Out. Now, Give Out is an international LGBTQI community foundation. And they're all about enabling the LGBTQI community and its allies to give in one place in support of LGBTQI activism worldwide. So we're going to be taking a look at their work, the challenges, the opportunities, and I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. So Rupert, without further ado, a big heartfelt welcome onto the Do One Better podcast today. Thanks so much, Alberto. It's really good to to be with you. Oh, it's good to see you again. And you're the executive director of Give Out. Love to find out what that's all about. What's Give Out all about, please? Yeah, that's right. Uh, So Give Out, we're an international LGBTQI community foundation. Uh, 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 We work with individual donors in our community uh, and corporate allies to fund LGBTQI rights activism around the world. Uh, And um, it's good timing for for our chat because, of course, it's the end of Pride Month, uh, just a a couple of days on from the anniversary of the Stonewall riots over 50 years ago in the US. Uh, It's also Give Out's fifth anniversary, so um, it's a good time to talk. Excellent. And now you are a lawyer by profession. That's right. And you, you have a lot of exposure to international work, human rights. And uh, I think what would be really great to do is perhaps looking at LGBTQI as a human rights uh, component as well, and maybe getting a little bit of a flavor for where things are today, what the status quo is or the state of affairs, uh, where we've come from and where things might be heading. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be really pleased pleased to do that. And I think, you know, we're, we're at a bit of a crossroads a crossroads moment for, for LGBTQI rights. We've made a lot of progress over the last, you know, 50 years. Uh, but uh, I think there are a couple of uh, paths we could go down now internationally in terms of building on that progress, but also a risk of some some regression. So, you know, yeah, let's let's talk about that and, and how we make sure that it's uh, it, it, it's progress, uh, ongoing progress from here on in. Yeah, absolutely. The UK, uh, the European Union, uh, much of, uh, of Europe and, and, uh, and North America uh, doesn't matter your, your sexual preference. Uh, you know, you can enjoy the same rights, privileges, go about life in many parts, uh, irrespective of, of your preferences. You go to some countries uh, in other parts of the world, perhaps not so much so. So wh- where do we stand both in terms of the, uh, and we're generalizing a bit, but in terms of the legal frameworks and then also in practice, because sometimes it's very nice you have great laws, but they're not enforced in any way. Yeah, look, you know, I think... You're right to highlight that that uh, we have made progress in many in many contexts all around the world, including in 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 the West, but also in the global South and East. I think I think it's worth noting that, celebrating that. Um, you know, it's it's it, it it's pride. It, it's 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 good. It's good to um, recognise where we've come from. I think there's been a lot of success in building a global movement for LGBTQI rights over the decades at the local level, regional level, international level. Uh, in terms of 
recognition of LGBTQI people and LGBTQI rights as human rights, as you were saying earlier, Alberto, made huge progress uh, um, over the last decades in terms of that recognition in international law. Also, legal legal progress. Um, you know, scores of countries uh, over recent years have decriminalised same-sex relations. Uh, uh, over 35, I think, well, I think we're on 35 countries now recognising marriage equality. Nepal was the latest this, this week. Uh, there's been you know, growing acceptance research shows how attitudes have changed, uh, and that includes not just in the West, but 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 all around the world, uh, and that that can often follow changes in law. Uh, and um, I think we've also seen acceptance in in the private sector; it's become more inclusive, a real agent for change. Businesses, uh, and um, uh, and also, I think there's a sense of a strong global LGBTQI community. We can see how we we respond to crises. So, I think you're right to kind of note that progress. But things aren't perfect in the West, right? I think um, uh, at the moment, if, if we're talking about the US or the UK, I think uh, in particular, uh, trans trans people, uh, those members of our community, are really facing uh, uh, well an increase in 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 hate crimes uh, uh, and We've also seen that trans trans rights, trans identities are being used as a bit of a wedge issue and and being scapegoated. So, um, uh, but you're right, we have made progress, but we can't be complacent. There's still a, a lot more to do. Mm. What are the, some of the bigger challenges uh, that that you that you see? Yeah, I, I think well, for, for you know, first of all, you know, back back to the law, you know, still in many countries. It's illegal to be gay, legal to be trans. So, you know, I think over 60 countries are still criminalized same-sex relations and uh, 12 of those imposed a death penalty. And um, you, you'll have probably seen Alberto recent reports coming out of you, Uganda and, and what's happening there with a new anti-homosexuality law. So still, um, uh, still, still seeing LGBTQI people criminalized around the world. Uh, and, and in some of those countries using... In many of those countries, actually, using uh, British colonial era laws to do so, and 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 and, and you know that's that's a legacy of, of empire, right? That that we left behind. Um, of course, you know, in in practice, you know, violence against LGBTQI people, uh, curbs on freedom of expression. I mean, just just earlier this week, uh, uh, police arrested over a hundred people who were trying to celebrate Pride in Istanbul. Uh, discrimi discrimination, right, in the workplace, in education settings, organisations not being allowed to operate. There's a crackdown in China at the moment uh, that, that's being widely reported. Uh, and uh, LGBTQI people being, you know, um, particularly vulnerable in, in, in the context of crises, whether it's the, the, the war in Ukraine at the moment or, or in some cases where we're specifically targeted, as we saw in Afghanistan over the last couple of years with the Taliban takeover. So there is still a long way to go. And hence, organizations like Give Out that try to improve the state of affairs. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I think our approach is going back to, to the activists on the ground, the LGBTQI groups that know the context, that know the strategies that uh, might just work when it comes to uh, advancing change, advancing respect for LGBTQI rights. That's that's kind of the foundation of our model. Uh, we're we're about uh, you know we recognise that that 
despite you know the very difficult situation for our community around the world uh, that there are many incredible LGBTQI activists organizations uh, who are you know working whether it's to to defend our community campaign for change uh, um, looking to sort of overturn these discriminatory laws that I referred to um, but a big problem is resourcing uh, they receive um, a, a sort of tiny amount of international development aid. Uh, 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 that that funding they do receive is fragile. Governments change their political colours. Trusts and foundations might change their strategies. So what we're trying to do is to uh, uh, give out, is to develop a new source of funding for the LGBTQI movement that's rooted in uh, in our community and in our allies. Uh, so so activists have the resources they need to to do their vital work and to maintain the momentum and and, and bring about progress in, in the in the months, years, decades to come. Mm. Now, as someone who's uh, quite familiar with the the foundations world, the philanthropy world, the funding world, um, when you say new sources of funding, uh, give us a little bit more. Uh, flesh that out a bit, please. Yeah. So, so look, a, a big challenge for the LGBTQI movement is that they is that there's such a limited amount of funding available, particularly for groups in the global south and east, uh, where it's 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 harder to fundraise, it's harder to access uh, um, funding opportunities, uh, and um, you know uh, we you know we've seen uh, governments, including the UK government, re re reduce um, international development aid right in, in recent years. There's the hope to boost that and, and bring more resources to the movement, uh, uh, but in the context of you know uh, economic problems worldwide um and um you know trusts and foundations who play an incredibly important role um you know we know that over time they can change strategies perhaps no longer focusing on lgbtqi people or changing the regions that they're, they're working in um so what we're trying to do at give up when i talk about a new source of funding uh, it's about working with individuals in the lgbtqi community philanthropists donors uh, as well as allies in particular, looking at, at, at corporates um, to bring their resources into the movement, and that's why I describe Give Out as a community foundation. You know, usually community foundations are place-based, and it's about uh, uh, you know members of a community wanting to support causes, you know, in their in their locality, right, wherever wherever it is they're based. This is about uh, members of our community who are, who are kind of connected through that shared identity and some shared experiences wanting to support each other shoulder to shoulder that sense of solidarity that's kind of behind the funding uh, that we're we're channeling to lgbtqi groups mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in terms of give out and where you operate or where you fit within the the, the broader ecosystem i guess um you know, you have some foundations that are more grant making, others more operating, others focus on being a catalyst, others on advocacy. You know, so give, where does Give Out sit within the um, with within your world? Yeah, and I think you're you're right to highlight that. You know, it's um, you know, if you look at the LGBTQI movement, it's it's complex and Give Out. We're looking to to make a contribution, but we're 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 a, a small part in in the wider movement. Um, we we're, we're about you know we do, we do three things we're 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 looking to grow lgbtqi giving philanthropy uh, so that so there are more resources for the movement uh, we we use that to provide grants so the grant making but we're also increasingly uh, involved in 
in kind of ad advocacy, but advocacy for funding. So philan philanthropic advocacy and, and calling on governments to provide more more funding. That that's that's kind of an increasing focus for us. Um, so we can channel channel resources, but also we can see more resources going into the movement from 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 others. Uh, so. As I mentioned, you know, at the beginning of, 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 our, of our chat, we're, we're five years old. In, in that time, we've channeled um, almost £2 million in new funding to the LGBTQI movement. Our aim is to be doing that year on year uh, as, as we move forward. And uh, it's really to support uh, kind of activism um, uh, across five key areas. Uh, so we spoke about, you know, the importance of uh, legal uh, legal change and overturning discriminatory laws, but also bringing in uh, 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 laws that 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 you know advance LGBTQ rights and marriage equality, for example. Um, last night, it just so happened that I was at a celebration in London for um, India Pride, and it was a launch of a new uh, pink list. Um, with information on how Indian politicians, their voting records on LGBTQI rights, uh, and India, a decision on marriage equality in India is, is, is imminent. And we were talking to some of the uh, petitioners and lawyers involved in that. Um, so, so that legal change, also the building of, of safe spaces uh, for, for the community through give out um, uh, the funding of the community space in Jamaica, in Armenia, in Iraq, have, 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 you know, has been supported. Um, the research, the evidence for change, the, the, the work to change attitudes, um, and also kind of going back to the importance of delivering humanitarian support, emergency support in kind of crisis situations. So you have your hands full. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's important. You, you know, you are you sort of made that 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 you know kind of crucial distinction between kind of whether it's just about the fun, funding or also um, kind of an operational foundation. But we are very much about about the, the, a focus on the funding alongside the advocacy I mentioned in terms of advocacy for funding. But um, a, a principle that's important to us is that that um, we are providing resources to to activists not strategies you know we we don't know what's most likely to work in india or iraq right or armenia or jump or jamaica you know um uh, we're we're supporting the activists who who are there on the ground and know their context um, and know what might might just work mm. I like very much the fact that you're trying to increase the amount of funding for this space, you know, so looking at it from a philanthropy angle as well. Um, and I know folks at uh, Beacon Collaborative, for instance, they're very keen on increasing philanthropic giving, uh, in their case, irrespective of a thematic area. They just like the notion of more philanthropic giving. Um, how and, and it can be challenging. And I think sometimes the, the, the giving rates, the giving levels, uh, especially when there is so much wealth, sometimes it can be a little bit uh, disheartening. How are you finding things? Yeah, so I, I think the kind of another part of the context that is important is that, um, you know, the LGBTQI movement isn't operating in a, in a vacuum. Uh, there is um, a very well-funded anti-LGBTQI movement, right, which is much better funded than the LGBTQI movement. And we can see um, a, a, a lot of that has roots in the US. Um, and we can see funding being pumped into 
uh, uh, groups who are opposing LGBTQI rights. There's definitely some of that happening in in Uganda and across East Africa at the moment. Um, so um, kind of that's what we're up against uh, when it comes to, to funding. And uh, but when, when it comes to um, uh, philanthropy specifically, uh, of course, of course, it's a challenge. But the you know the approach we take is we're, we're wanting to work with those who want to support their community communities around the world so you know almost all of our individual donors are lgbtqi and they have that sense of some sense perhaps of shared experience i mean obviously it's not the same uh if you if you're you know a gay man in the uk compared to be being a gay man who's grown up in in iraq but nevertheless you might um there, there might be that sort of shared sense of perhaps facing discrimination, feeling different, perhaps feeling shame, that creates a, a, a kind of powerful empathy and kind of sense of solidarity that's behind a lot of the uh, the giving, you know, but with, with the donors, you know, that we're working with. Um, and then when it comes to, I think, an area that we, was not our initial focus, but we've seen a lot of promise in has been the uh, corporate, corporate giving. And um, for us, kind of our way into businesses is, is through LGBTQI colleagues, right, and leaders in businesses. Uh, and uh, I think increasingly over the, over the last years, there's, there's this sense of kind of biz businesses can't be on the sidelines. They need to show their support for their people, for, 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 for communities. Uh, and we've seen kind of real promise there. So we've worked with... Um, you know, major banks, whether it's Macquarie, um, Goldman Sachs have, have given through us, major law firms, perhaps better known brands like Levi's are, are, are a partner with us. You know, there seems to be kind of an opportunity and a, and a desire to do more to support LGBTQI communities around the world. Interesting how that wasn't originally um, an area that you were thinking you were going to focus on, and yet now the corporate conversations become more prominent. Um, yeah, and I think there are kind of a, a it's sort of a couple of a couple of bits to that I think um, firstly because you know because our kind of you know our, our we describe ourselves as a community foundation our kind of a, a, original kind of focus was on LGBTQI individuals but we kind of saw that you know many of those individuals that we're working with those donors we're working with are um you know uh, are kind of involved in business um whether they're business leaders or senior lgbtqi professionals so there's been a real opportunity there to engage to, to engage businesses um through throughout kind of individual donors um but the other thing is i think uh there has been you know a growing interest in focus on um uh, 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 what used to be called perhaps corporate social responsibility, um, but it, but is now called you know ES, ESG, right? And as part of that is how uh, businesses can show their support to, to LGBTQI rights, and and you know there's a business case, right? There's businesses know that you know when they're when they're more inclusive that they're more. Uh, they're more uh, successful as businesses, uh, and businesses know that they kind of need to show their their people, their 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 customers, their support, their support for LGBTQI rights. Uh, and um, a give out, we talk about marking pride with purpose. So we have a annual campaign where we uh, uh, engage businesses on on um, doing more to support 
LGBTQI communities around the world. Uh, and, um, and in fact, that, that campaign is underpinned by a report that sort of sets out uh, uh, the business case, but also the way businesses can go about providing that resourcing. And we wrote that report with um, Goldman Sachs, Latham and Watkins and Boston Consulting Group. So kind of, you know, serious, serious players in their respective industries. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly yeah. the small, the small fries. Yeah. Uh, within the corporate space. The um, if we embrace a little bit of skepticism, the corporate engagement, is there much by way of look, we're going to show solidarity, we're going to put the right colors on our logo and so forth, but not really do anything beneath the surface. Uh, or, or are people getting it? Is the corporate world genuinely embracing it? I imagine obviously, it's a it's a big spectrum here, right? But uh, how would you characterize things? And and also, and also just on what you touched a little bit earlier about uh, educating the corporate space about what they could do, how they could do it, because not everybody is as well versed as you are, right? In the dynamics of of this field. Yeah, exactly. I, I, look, I think um, there's definitely been progress. Uh, and, um, you know, I think probably some in our community, you know, we're a broad church, would feel that... Um, and that pride celebrations have become kind of overly commercialized and overly corporate. Um, I, I see that. I also see though, you know, I think if we'd sort of, if you'd said to, 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 you know, a, a gay person kind of 20, 30 years ago, that you'd see pride in London would be supported by these major businesses, right. And who'd be proud to be showing their support that I think that that would probably be seen as, as progress, right? Um, and um, but but it can't be superficial, right? Um, it's actually quite easy to march in Pride in London or fly the rainbow flag, right? And what we're saying to businesses, it's great to celebrate your people and celebrate LGBTQI communities, but you've got to go further. Uh, and actually, what's what's needed is that tangible support, resources, uh, particularly in the most difficult context for those multinationals who are perhaps. Um, operating in uh, in um, yeah in places where, for example, LGBTQI people are criminalised. Um, you know, you can't just fly the rainbow flag in 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 London or Berlin, right? What are you What are you doing in those contexts? But I think there is there has been progress, and I think that's sort of partly due to um, uh, a recognition of, as I say, the sort of business case for doing more, but also kind of more more sc scrutiny, more accountability. Uh, um, and um, and I think that's and I think it's there's real potential there for the LGBTQI movement um, to unlock more of those resources and and not just funding. Funding is important, probably the most important when we're talking about resources, but also in kind support. So, for example, we work with uh, law firms and connect them with uh, uh, LGBTQI organisations around the world um, to provide pro bono legal support uh, and for example there's there's a, a connection we've made between a law firm here and a group in India that works for for um, trans rights and, and a group of lawyers uh, and um, uh, so there's, there's 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 tremendous kind of um, a support that can be provided there but I, I think again going back to what I was saying earlier and the, sort of the principle that underpins our grant making give out the important thing is to take the lead from from activists because you know, it might seem that in any given context, businesses speaking out uh, uh, or taking sort of more public action is, it, you know, would be beneficial. That's not always the case. You know, we're sometimes told by activists, you know, quite behind the scenes advocacy or kind of channeling resources is what's going to 
going to be helpful, not not kind of public advocacy. I remember having a conversation with an activist from Jamaica, and and there had been talk of kind of boycotting uh, tourism right to Jamaica because of the LGBTQI um, the situation for the community there. But you know, a lot of LGBTQI people are employed in the tourism industry in in Jamaica, and it's it's not it's not sort of it's not usually very straightforward, <laughs> um, and that's why. That's why kind of it's it's when businesses are wanting to do more, it's important to take the lead from activists, work with groups like Give Out who can make those connections uh, and, and and kind of you know facilitate that that guidance and advice. Mm. It's interesting and also a bit counterintuitive where perhaps the most impact or, or the preference would be to be a little bit below the radar um, in order to drive forward the, the change that you want to drive. Yes, because because you know, in some contexts, uh, uh, you know, for example, it's you know, it's alleged that LGBTQI identities rights is a kind of a Western a Western kind of concept, right, an imposition. I mean, there's a certain irony if we look at the situation, for example, in 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 Uganda and wider East Africa region at the moment that that um, that actually it was it was the discriminatory laws that were a Western imposition, thanks to Thanks to Britain, thanks to the UK, um, uh, but um, but you know now there's this narrative that that it's the West, you know, pushing LGBTQI rights. So um, that's not to say that businesses don't have a really important role in that context. They do. I think kind of um, making the business case to um, and the economic case to, to to governments is important. Supporting uh, uh, local activists is important. But a kind of um, uh, you know, in that context, for example, it could be the case that kind of a more of a kind of naming, shaming, campaigning type approach is not actually what would be helpful. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps ele elevating great examples, celebrating excellence in, in, in the right attitudes, all of these things, perhaps, and, and let's say more, uh, a more positive, more uplifting approach. Yeah, and I th yeah, in some context, that's what that's what's needed exactly. And I think, um, and that's why I come back to the to, to the point that a one size fits all approach doesn't work, and we have to take the lead from activists in those contexts who, you know, have the lay of the land and and um, know the strategies that are more likely to work. Yeah. Mm. The corporates, how do they? So the the big multinationals, and you touched on that that challenge they have, right? Uh, when they're operating globally, if you're operating over a hundred, hundred and twenty countries, hundred and forty countries, obviously, it it presents challenges. What, what's the feedback you get from well-meaning corporates and how they reconcile the need to be active across all jurisdictions? with the the desire to be inclusive as well yeah i mean i look i think probably the kind of primary challenge and it's absolutely uh understandable and right that this should be their focus is uh for those uh businesses multinationals operating in more difficult context for lgbtqi people especially where they're criminalized that their, their priority has to be their people right their staff and making sure they're safe and making sure that you know anything the business is doing is not putting their staff at, at further risk that has to be the priority um obviously we understand also businesses are thinking about their bottom line and their ability to operate in you know certain markets um but that's why actually 
sometimes so sometimes you know sort of direct support to uh to groups in a country is is you know to lgbtqi groups um you know can 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 be kind of you know fa fairly risk-free um but in some contexts it's not and in those contexts working with intermediaries you know whether it be for example give out um, uh, or you know, in the US, outright action international that works with businesses to 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 channel support. You know, there are ways there are ways to do it in a in a safe way, right? With a with a kind of an intermediary with a partner. Yeah. And I suppose in that sense, you can play an active role as well in sort of educating, perhaps, or, or helping strategize how how to navigate these waters that maybe are a little bit challenging for some corporates, based on the experience that you have with. I don't know if you can call them success stories, but how, how others perhaps have been doing this well for, for a period of time. Yeah, exactly. And um, and we can also be, um, you know, we can also be that 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 intermediary for the activists as well, right? And to share their expertise, their advice with 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 the corporates that we're working with. Um, um, but that's the challenge, right? That the, co the context is sort of so different. Uh, and um, yeah, and. Um, the last thing anyone wants is to sort of wade in and actually do harm rather than good yeah, in these sensitive situations. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunate, uh, you know, when you have um, uh, philanthropists trying to fight poverty, trying to fight hunger, trying to reduce uh, mortality rates for children under five and all of these things, you don't have philanthropic funding on the other side saying we want to fund more hunger, we want to fund more, uh, you know, under five mortality. You don't have that. But in your case, as you pointed out earlier, that is actually a dynamic with which you have to contend that there is philanthropic funding on the other side, almost like a political campaign. Hmm. How do you how do you handle that? Because that's sort of like a double whammy. Yeah, well, I, th I th yeah, well, I think there's I think there are a couple there are a couple of points there. First of all, it's sort of it's important to be to be aware of that and understand that as I sort of said earlier, you know, the, the LGBTQI movement's not working in a, in a vacuum. Um, and, um, but it can be kind of a motivating factor. I think it's, it's for, for our, for our donors to understand that um, there are those groups, individuals who are wanting to make life more difficult for people like us, like our donors, right. Uh, for LGBTQI people around the world, that, that can become, a, a, a motivating factor um and um uh also i think it can sometimes you know to to, to understand any given situation it's important to sort of yeah rec recognize those those dynamics um but you know ob obviously it's as, as i said you know uh, that funding has outstripped funding for lgbtqi groups and we need to we need to catch up so so it you know as i say it, it is important to understand that context but also to you know it can become a it can become a motivating factor that we we've, we've got to do more mm. your your personal uh, journey you trained as a lawyer uh, you were involved with human rights was the LGBTQI uh, sphere something that you knew you wanted to be working with all along, or, or, or how did that how did that come about? Yeah, so I think um, kind of give out for me is is a bit of a combination of my kind of professional and then kind of personal journeys have sort of come together. Um, so yes, I've, I've worked in the human rights field for. Kind of over fifteen years now, I I trained, qualified as a lawyer with a with a, a 
a kind of major law firm, Baker and McKenzie, uh, in London. Spent a little bit of time um, seconded in to, to their office in Hong Kong. Um, but I knew that that kind of corporate law probably wasn't for me. Um, my interest, my passion was was in human rights, and um, I I had an opportunity just just before. Uh, starting at Baker McKenzie, actually, to volunteer for a human rights organization in Cambodia. I have a personal uh, kind of connection to that region. And um, uh, and that that was quite life-changing for me, to be honest, that, that I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do human rights work. I wanted to do what I could to make a difference. Uh, and um, uh, so, you know, over the years, my, my kind of career i was in i was working in southeast asia so i was with i, I after baker mckenzie i went to work uh, for the cambodian center for human rights uh based in phnom penh and then i worked at the khmer rouge war crimes uh, tribunal uh and um I, I then spent several years working with amnesty international and, and sort of my last position there was as the um uh, deputy asia director covering the the uh, research and the uh, campaigning in Southeast Asia and the Pacific, kind of overseeing that, um, and and following Amnesty, um, uh, did some consulting for a couple of years. I, I set up a, a, a hub for human rights experts called Right Start, and worked um, for a couple of years with a Norwegian foundation, the Human Rights House Foundation. Um, but I kind of, um, for all of that, I, I I suppose I came, I, I learned a couple of things. First of all, that I. Um, as well as the, the, I suppose the 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 substance, the the research, the law, the advocacy. You know, I was also really um, uh, uh, stimulated by, and I think sort of quite good at uh, designing and building human rights initiatives and organisations. That that organisational development side, um, and also uh, I came to realise that um, for me personally, also I I, I would say that for. A number of kind of international human rights organizations i think the best um role we can play is that supportive role in any way we can um of local human rights movements i think that's how change usually happens and then kind of going back to sort of one part of your question uh, and i'd 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 worked on LGBTQI rights in those various roles, but it had never been my focus. And I felt actually as a, as a gay man uh, that I wanted to do more for my community uh, around the world. Uh, and, um, and then the kind of the, the, the role, at, I saw the role at Give Out Advertise, this new LGBTQI community foundation looking to um, bring more resources into the movement, um, looking for uh, their, their first uh, CEO, executive director to, to build, launch, and build the organization. So it was kind of the perfect fit for me. <laughs> Lucky you, because not everybody gets to do uh, exactly what they want to do and, and have it fit exactly with their life and their preferences and, uh, and make a difference on top of everything else. I feel really lucky. Um, uh, it's been such a privilege uh, working at Give Out, building Give Out. Uh, um, our founder uh, is a guy called Elliot Vaughan. Uh, who's a senior partner at Boston Consulting Group. So we were sort of somewhat incubated at Boston Consulting Group. We had that strong corporate connection from the beginning. And um, that partnership has been kind of, uh, you know, a highlight of my career so far, actually, uh, work working with him to, to, to build and lead the organization. Uh, and, you know, growing up gay in the UK, um, you know, it, it, you know, there were times it sort of wasn't, wasn't easy and kind of, you know, 
times where I kind of a time where I couldn't felt I couldn't be open about who I was. Um, I had that kind of sense of uh, rejection of shame of being on the outside. But I think that creates um, in sort of any any anyone who has been kind of othered in some way. Um, and I'm not kind of comparing my own experience to many of those we're working with around the world, but nevertheless, kind of that sense of being othered that does create, I think, a, an empathy and also a, um, uh, I, I can't bear injustice. I take it very personally. Um, and I think that's a, um, that, that kind of search for justice is kind of a connect, a connector for, for, for the various roles I've had. Absolutely. That search for justice. Key takeaway, anything you'd love for the audience to keep in mind right after they finish listening to today's episode? Well, look, I think there was some, probably some, you know, some quite difficult and dark stuff in that conversation about, you know, the situation for LGBTQI people in some contexts. But um, I think the takeaway would be we should be hopeful uh, that LGBTQI movements made great progress, but we can't be complacent that there are incredible activists around the world, but they need our support. Um, so, you know, as I say, it's Pride season, uh, about to celebrate Pride in London. You know, if there's one thing you want to do to provide support, you you know, you you you, you can provide those resources. You can donate to groups like Give Out. Um, and we we have this uh, we have this saying at Give Out where we say, um, uh, never give up, always give out. So that would be the <laughs> takeaway. Excellent, excellent, Rupert. Thank you so very much. Great seeing you again. Thank you for joining us on the Do One Better podcast today. For talking about the work of Give Out, for talking about human rights, for talking about your journey, how everything comes together, and for a very optimistic, uh, uh, you know, yes, uh, some challenging bits on the conversation, but I think overall very positive. And thank you. Thanks so much, Alberto. And it's a real, um, real honor to be um, interviewed by you and to to be on your podcast. Perfect. And that's a wrap. Thanks very much for tuning in. As always, you've been listening to a great chat with Rupert Abbott, Executive Director of Give Out. For information about this conversation and more than 200 other interviews and case studies with remarkable leaders in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship, just visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I.org. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already. And do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll catch you on Monday.